Hi there. This is Sam Musgrave, pastor over college and young adult ministry at Trinity Community Church. This podcast is a collection of the sermons from our gatherings. My prayer is that you will grow in knowledge and love for King Jesus, or maybe come to faith in him for the very first time. Join me now for this sermon. Tonight we're going to be taking somewhat of a break in our study, though we're staying in 1 Corinthians. Uh, it's going to be a passage that Sam has already covered. Uh, we're going to be in 1 Corinthians 1, 9 through 10. And we decided to revisit this passage because we wanted to hit on a few important practical points that the scripture yields. So if you would all turn to 1 Corinthians 1, 9, and I know this isn't what you're used to, but I'm going to ask that we actually stand as we read God's word. So go ahead, find that passage, and when you can, go ahead and stand up. This evening I'll be reading from the Legacy Standard Version. Allow me to do so. God is faithful through whom you were called into fellowship with his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Now, I exhort you, brothers, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all agree, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be made complete in the same mind and in the same judgment. This is God's word. You can have a seat. And allow me to give this time to the Lord. Father, we come today and acknowledge that you are perfect, merciful, gracious, and holy, that you are sovereign over all things, including salvation, and that you are just. Lord, we recognize that you and you alone draw us, rich, wretched, filthy sinners to yourself. You work in our hearts of stone. You cause us to repent, and you cause us to believe. You remove that heart of stone and replace it with a heart of flesh. All the glory is yours, O Lord. We confess we do not see you as we should. We do not love you as we should, obey you, trust you, or praise you always as we should. Forgive us, Lord. We ask that your spirit would minister to us tonight as your word is taught. Nourish us with the gospel. Soften us, change us, and draw us ever closer to you. Father, we pray all these things according to your sovereign grace. Amen. Give me one moment. Notes are a little out of order. No, they're not. Backwards. All right. Fellowship is an important thing in the Christian's life. And tonight we're going to focus on fellowship with other Christians. But before you can even be in fellowship with other Christians, you must first be a Christian. And therefore you must first, as we see in our text, be in fellowship with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Now we currently live in an age where everything is 
being redefined, or it's being so broken down that you can't actually define it. This leads to many people having many conversations about many things while also holding to different definitions of those things. This, as I'm sure you've experienced yourself, rarely leads to productive conversation. Conversations that lead to anything that even resembles agreement, or at least true agreement. The world is dogmatically against being dogmatic. They are absolute in that nothing can simply be defined and that everything is defined as you see it. This is simply untrue. Especially as we look into God's word where he defines all things according to himself. If we look at his word, at this word, excuse me, his word too, fellowship, the original Greek that this text was written uses words kononia. Kononia, or fellowship with God, is at its most basic agreement with him in all things. To be in agreement with God, you must first be saved by God and therefore changed by God. Colossians 1, 21 to 22 says, And although you were formerly alienated and enemies in mind and evil deeds, but now he reconciled you in the body of his flesh through death in order to present you before him holy and blameless and beyond reproach. True fellowship with God is found only by being reconciled to God through the death and resurrection of Christ Jesus. The blood of Christ is the only banner by which all Christians are unified. Read with me verse 10. Now I exhort you, brothers, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, the authority, that you all agree that there would be no divisions among you, but that you be made complete in the same mind and in the same judgment. Paul is pleading with the Corinthian church here. The word exhort uh, in the LSB or appeal for those in the ESV, and if you're in a different translation, you must be new here. Uh, These words are firm. They're robust. Paul is strongly encouraging them. He's persuading them as you would a loved one with a gaping wound or a deathly sickness to seek medical intervention. This is of utmost importance here. That you would all agree that you are not divided, but instead that you are made complete in the same mind and in the same judgment. Now, is Paul saying we must all be of the same mind in everything, every aspect? That we all become kinesiology majors, or that we all drive a 1998 Toyota Camry, or that we all eat meat, which we should. Beef is the single most nutritious food on God's green earth. No. To the first couple. Paul is aiming at something far deeper. At oneness of the heart. There must be a like-mindedness. Believers have true fellowship with one another because of the Holy Spirit who indwells them. Christian fellowship cannot be had with unbelievers. For what partnership, excuse me, um, 2 Corinthians 6.14, 
Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. For what partnership has righteousness and lawlessness? Or what fellowship has light with darkness? Now, this isn't saying you can't have unbelieving friends or you can't evangelize, but it is very clearly saying you will never have a relationship with an unbeliever that you would with a fellow believer. And that is because the Spirit does not reside in them. They cannot share oneness in heart or like-mindedness because God has not given them a heart of flesh or renewed their mind. I know I am speaking to a crowd that undoubtedly Includes some who do not profess to be Christians. I ask that you not hear me tonight and think you are not welcome here. You most certainly are. There is no better place for you than to be here. Listening and reading to God's word. If the Lord is working in your heart, then I invite you to pull any leader aside after small groups to have a conversation. They are more than happy to talk to you. But I want to dig into some practical ways we can apply this. First, if you are a Christian and you are not a part of a local body, then I strongly encourage you to, or exhort you, to use Paul's word, to become a member, whether that is here at Trinity or or elsewhere. There really is no reason why you shouldn't be a member of a local body. There are a few reasons for this. The first is that it is a biblical idea, as we heard a few weeks back when uh, Curtis Cookingham, one of our elders, spoke. But let's look at this more practically. Being a member of a local body puts you in consistent communion with the same people who will grow, who you will grow to trust more and to therefore grow in deeper relationship with. Darkness hates light. By keeping people at arm's length, you are effectively controlling how individuals see you rather than allowing them to see you for who you really are, what you struggle with, what your strengths are, and so on. This isn't genuine relationship. And when we do this, we're living a lie. Now, if you are a member, at least in consistent communion at a local church, and also signing up for the next membership class here at Trinity, we must look at each other, the people in this room. Each week, we have incredible opportunity to spend 45 minutes with each other in small groups after being taught God's word. Are we grabbing hold of this time and using it wisely? Are we wrenching every last drop we can from our discussion? Are we loving each other well? Or do you think it is not a valuable use of time? There are young men in this room who God has radically changed by using small groups. Not only did God save them, but he softened them. He tenderized their hearts towards one another, and he brought them into fellowship with each other after bringing them into fellowship with himself. I want to encourage you. This is not high school anymore where we come to simply be served. We must take this seriously. We must recognize how important our time in small groups truly is. Proverbs 27:17 says, "Iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another." Let me give you a quick class on metallurgy. And before you ask my credentials, uh it's having watched several seasons of Forged in Fire. 
So, sit back down. Uh, there's something called the Rockwell scale of hardness, okay? It quantifies how hard a specific type of steel is. If you didn't know, steel is simply iron and carbon at its most basic level. Manipulating the amounts of either of these materials will yield a different type of steel that is either softer or harder. There are other facets to that, like quenching, but I won't get into that for the sake of simplicity of an already complex example. I'm looking at you, John Baker. A hard rule is that softer steel cannot sharpen harder steel. But the opposite is true. Harder steel can sharpen softer steel or a steel of similar hardness. This is the same with us. God has sanctified every Christian to varying degrees. Some have been walking with the Lord longer, and the fruit of sanctification is more evident. Some have not, and that fruit is just as evident. It's just different. The idea here is that, as Hebrews 10.24 tells us, and let us consider how to stimulate or spur one another to love and good deeds not forsaking our own assembling together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. This means we need to be putting forth effort. We need to commit to each other. We need to let walls down, and we need to grow in our relationships. We need to trust God in knowing that all these things are as he has said we should do. This should draw our hearts to gladness. For those of us who are are newer believers, we know we get to go and spend time with those further along in the faith who can offer biblical perspectives we haven't even considered. And for those of us who are further along, we get to go and pour into other believers. This is mutually beneficial. Growth is happening in every corner since all of this is occurring under the veil of Christ and his word, which we know is sharper than any two-edged sword. This is the body of Christ, different people from different places with different backgrounds, different passions, being unified in mind by the power of Christ. Let us run hard towards 1 Corinthians one thirty-one. In Jeremiah 9.24, when it says, Let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord, for this work is his and his alone. I don't want to stop there, though. While we recognize all of this is the work of God in our hearts to spur us on, to even have a desire to be in fellowship with one another, to want to come to church, to want to pray, to want to read his word, There is responsibility that is laid on you, O Christian. This is no longer the time to sit back and be apathetic or lethargic. If your Bible reading and your prayer and your fellowship with other believers is not producing fruit that burns in your heart to love others as you love yourself, that burns in your heart to love God more, that burns in your heart to want to be in his word more, to love it more, then we must look at ourselves closely 
there's something being misapplied here. There is something that we aren't necessarily understanding. First and foremost, we must take this to the Lord in prayer. To pray for understanding, to pray for a desire to understand his word more. Pray for a desire to be in his word. Pray for a desire to love others better. These are things that cause the Lord to smile. He loves it. Sometimes we can get so caught up in this idea that when you are saved and you are given a heart of flesh that there is nothing remnantial. Is remnantial a word? Remnantial. Leftover of the old man or the old woman. And that is just simply untrue. We are constantly fighting the man of flesh who is rotting or woman of flesh who is rotting and decaying within us. And the stench of that still finds its way to our own nose and others. What's a practical way that we can begin to look at this time that we're about to go into? Well, guys, we're kind of a skinny group tonight which would make me, just to give you a reminder, be committed. Come to this consistently. This isn't church. I'm not saying that. But if you are to be a part of this community, if you are to look at others and love them well and invest in others and be invested into, then you must be coming consistently. And I'm going to push back. If you have in your minds like, well, I don't really need it. Okay. I don't believe you. If you're going to tell me that you could use less time being taught taught God's word, you can use less time talking about God's word, being in fellowship with believers, being sharpened by other pieces of Christian iron, then you misunderstand. Repent of that and read your Bible, and come to college group. Second, your input in college group, in small group, excuse me, is what it's designed for. It's not designed to sit and to listen to the leaders go on and on and on and on about something. It is designed to speak for, for several uh, directions of speech to be coming in. Different stories, or different backgrounds, I should say. Um, this is how we get to know each other. This is how we get to know Daniel and Joseph. These are the things, this is how relationship works. For some reason, we get into church and we forget that. Oh, you have to invest in someone? To have any skin in the game? It's important, guys, and it also lets your leaders learn who you are. So the leaders are having these guys come up and they don't know who they are and they're not saying anything. Makes it kind of awkward in ways. But if we can uh, come and be bold and trust, 
knowing that the people sitting in that circle around you are wanting to do nothing but invest in you, love on you, to grow in relationship with you so that you both can grow in your relationship with Christ. Man, I think you'll be surprised at the growth that will occur. Lastly, guys, if your own spiritual life is in shambles, continue to come. I'm not going there. Man, continue to come. Continue to be in God's word. Continue to be in prayer. But if it is in shambles and you are doing nothing about it but groveling in your failure, you are doing nothing about it but waking up and setting aside your Bible reading to do something that is, whatever that may be, far less meaningful. And you proclaim the name of Christ in the words of our Christ. Repent. Guys, we must, especially in this day and age, we must be people of the word. We must be women and we must be men of the word who wield it, as it said before, the thing that is sharper than any two-edged sword that cuts through untruth, that cuts through our own sin. If you need help with this, you're sitting in a group of people who are wanting to do just that. Additionally, cry out to God. I promise you. In fact, I take that back. God promises you that he will be just and faithful to give you those desires that he will give you the desires of your heart, a.k.a., my friend, he will change your desires to look like his, and he will be faithful to give them. So as we go into small groups here in just a short while, I ask that we go with a new perspective, that we have a different lens, that we would go first and foremost trusting the Lord, I understand that some people have big issues with trusting others so quickly. Take your time, but make conscious effort towards it. And we will see this group grow in ways that I don't think we've ever seen before. Pray with me. Father, How loving and tender you are towards your children whom you have called out of darkness and into your marvelous light. That we would be cleansed of all unrighteousness and be called sons and daughters of God and that this has only happened through the spilling of the blood of our older brother Christ Jesus. For those in this room that do not know you, Lord, We ask that you would draw them to yourself, draw them to repentance and belief, remove their heart of stone and give them a heart of flesh and save them for eternity. Lord, for those who call you, for those who call, for those who you call your own, we ask that you would sanctify us, draw us to repentance, cause us to obey you and trust you more. Bless this time in small groups as you draw 
us closer to yourself, draw us closer also to each other. That we would bear each other's burdens and that we would sharpen each other. Thank you for who you are, Lord. We pray all these things in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for joining me for this sermon from the Trinity College and Young Adult Ministry. We would love for you to join us in person soon. For up-to-date information, follow our Instagram at trinityc.ya. For information regarding Trinity Community Church, visit trinitycc.com. And if you're interested in a great Bible college here in the area, check out calchristiancollege.edu. Until he returns, may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you.